Hello, precious brothers and sisters. Hey, have you ever said something to somebody and what you said was not necessarily what they heard or what you even meant? My name is Jody Coward, and I would like to welcome you to the Blood of the Lamb Ministries' new podcast, Twisted Perspectives. Twisted Perspectives is about expressions that you've often heard, but we've put a new and slightly twisted biblical perspective on them. And occasionally, we'll even discuss some other biblical topics. Unspoken Worship Today, I'd like to ask you a few questions. Have you ever felt like that you just needed Jesus to hold you? Or have you felt like you needed him to let you know that everything's going to be all right? I know I have personally felt these feelings myself. Perhaps you feel like that right now. Here's another question. What does worship look like to you? In over 20 years of ministry, I've noticed that people often worship in a variety of different ways, and people all react differently to the presence of the Holy Spirit. I've seen people jump up and down. I've seen people take off running around the sanctuary. I've heard people talking very loudly. I've seen people standing with their eyes closed and tears pouring down their face. Myself, well, I usually just bow down on my knees and I cry. Are any of these forms of worship right? Are any of them wrong? I believe the answer is no. To me, there is no right way or no wrong way to let God know exactly how much you love and appreciate Him. But is there such a thing as silent worship? Yes, I do believe that there is. You may say, oh, no, there's not. Well, let's just look. John, the disciple that Jesus loved, often just leaned on the chest of Jesus. This was a form of worship. Mary, she washed the feet of Jesus with her tears and then dried them with her hair. This is a form of worship as well. There is no record of these two ever saying a word as they performed their acts of worship. Mary and John had silent pleas as they worshiped the Lamb of God. To me, worship can be as simple as crawling onto his lap and saying in your heart, Jesus, I need you, and allowing him to hold you and hearing him say to you, don't worry, I know exactly what you need. And as far as I've read in the Bible, Jesus loves to meet us in our hunger. He loves to meet us in our brokenness. And he loves to meet us in our dependence upon him, even if all we can ever do is crawl up onto his lap and not say a word. Unspoken Worship Washing the feet of Jesus, the sweet perfume was poured. I am like the jar that must be broken, from my heart will flow a life unto my Lord. Father, break me, take 
power of worship. Sir Isaac Newton once made this statement. I can look through my telescope and see millions of miles into space, but I can't see God. I can go into my prayer room and shut the door, get down on my knees in humble adoration in earnest prayer and worship, and get closer to seeing God than I can assisted by all of the telescopes on earth. Wow, what a statement. And you know, that got me thinking. It's definitely true that with a telescope you can see deep into the heavens, but you cannot see or experience the manifested presence of God. If your heart's desire is to see and experience the tangible manifested presence of God, you will have to use your worship to do it. When we worship Him in our brokenness, And in spirit and in truth, we will attract God's presence and His glory. True worship is the only tool, quote-unquote, that's powerful enough to see past the vastness of the heavens and into the presence of a holy God. That, my friends, is the power of worship. Okay, today is our lesson on unspoken worship and the power of worship. Now, for many years in my personal walk with the Lord, I was always told, and I came to believe, 
that Satan or Lucifer was the worship leader of heaven. Now, I want to interject here that just because you learn something doesn't mean that it's biblically correct. So in my study for this worship thing, I wanted to find out if, if the Bible does say, in fact, that Lucifer was the worship leader. And I think it probably came from a scripture found in Ezekiel 28, verses 13 through 14. Now, I'm not going to read that. If you want to read it in your Bible, feel free to, to read it. But you're going to find these two words in these scriptures, the word pipes and the word timbrels. The word pipes, according to the Strong's Concordance in 5345, it is a groove or a flange that holds a gemstone. The word timbrels in the original translation was tambrets. And again, in the Strong's Concordance, that's number 8596, and it means tambourine. So my conclusion on it, that was all I could find on Satan being the quote-unquote worship leader of heaven. So my conclusion is that I found no concrete or solid biblical evidence that Lucifer was or was not the worship leader in heaven. But let's dig a little deeper into this subject of worship. In Matthew chapter 22, verse 37, some Pharisees came to Jesus and asked him what was the greatest commandment. And Jesus responded, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your soul. Now, I want you to put that on the back burner and let that simmer for a little bit. In John chapter 4, we read the story about the Samaritan woman. And Jesus tells this Samaritan woman that the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship God in spirit and in truth, for the Father is searching and seeking for those who will worship him like this. This word worship, according to the Strong's Concordance number 4352, means to kiss like a dog licking on his master's hand. So to me, kissing implies an intimacy. So we could literally say that when we worship God, we're being intimate with him and we're literally kissing him. Now in John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus said that the thief came to steal, kill, and destroy. Now in Isaiah 14, we read that Lucifer was cast out of heaven because of his pride. He wanted to be just like God. So I would say that it's safe to say that Satan would love to steal our worship and our worship time and our time of intimacy with God because he can't do it. He hates it when we do that. Why? Why does Satan hate for us to worship God? According to Psalm 22, verse 3, God inhabits the praises of his people, which means he lives in it. So maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. I don't know. But it is for sure that Satan wants to steal your worship. So is there any biblical evidence as to the power of worship and unspoken worship? Well, let's look at them one at a time. As far as unspoken worship, Mark chapter 14, verses 3 through 9, we read the story about Mary coming to wash Jesus' feet with her alabaster flask. And in the Passion Translation, it has these words. She came to Jesus with a gesture of extreme devotion and broke the flask and poured out the precious oil over his head. But some were highly indignant, meaning they were upset. And they complained to one another, saying, what a total waste. This could have been sold for a great sum of money, and the money could have been given to the poor. Now, I want to skip down to verse number nine. I promise you that 
As this wonderful gospel spreads all over the world, the story of her lavish devotion to me will be mentioned in her memory. Sounds to me like we don't read anything in here about this woman ever saying a word. But we did read the, the words lavish devotion and extreme devotion. Sounds like an intimate, unspoken worship to me. Now let's look at Peter and John. Peter had a revelation of who Jesus was. He was the one when Jesus asked, who do men say I am? Peter was the one that said, we know that you are the Christ. And he went around bragging about his love and devotion for Jesus. He was the one that told Jesus he would never deny him and that even if it meant his death, he, he would die before Jesus. But in fact, he denied him three times. Now, John had a revelation as well. He was the one that in his own gospel, the gospel of John, he said five times that he was the disciple that Jesus loved. So Peter had a revelation of who Jesus was, and John had a revelation of the love of Jesus. In John chapter 21, Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? And he asked him three times. And then Jesus foretells Peter's death. Not only did Peter deny Jesus three times, but he was crucified upside down. And Jesus told him this was going to happen to him. And Peter's response to, to Jesus saying all this was, well, what about John? And basically, Jesus told him, that's none of your business. John lived the longest, and John was the disciple that was given the revelation, which is the book of Revelation. And all John and Mary ever did was bask in the love of Jesus. They never really said a word. John just laid on his chest. Mary wiped his feet with her tears. Sounds like unspoken worship to me. Now let's look at some things about spoken worship. Second Chronicles chapter 20 is a very famous book in the Bible. We read about the three great armies that come against Jehoshaphat. In verses 6 through 12 of Chronicles 20, you can read about Jehoshaphat's prayer. And in verse 12, he tells God, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. And during this fasting and prayer and seeking of God, a fellow named Jehaziel is given the battle plan and the worship team was to be out in front. Now, I don't know about you, but that doesn't make any sense to me. If you're going out to fight three armies, you're going to put the worship band out in front. And what they did was they said, praise the Lord for his goodness and mercy endure forever. And this caused the Lord to set ambushes for the three great armies, and they just turned and killed one another. That is the power of a spoken worship. How would you like for the Lord to set ambushes against the things that are coming against you? In Acts chapter 16, verses 25 through 26, we read the story about Paul and Silas being thrown in prison. And at midnight, they started worshiping. They worshiped out loud. The jailer and everybody in the prison heard them worshiping and praising God. So I would say that the results of worship causes supernatural things to happen. The stocks and the chains came off of Paul and Silas. Three great armies turned to kill one another, all because of worship. And I want to throw this in there too. Why do we worship God? Do we worship God trying to get him to do stuff? No. 
We worship God simply because of who He is. He is the one and true living God. He is the Holy One of Israel, and He is the God and the Father of the Savior of the world, whose name is Jesus. So with that said, that's my little lesson on the power of unspoken and spoken worship. And I would like to pray for you today, if you don't mind. Father, I lift all these listeners up to you, and I plead the blood of Jesus over them, Father. Holy Spirit, I ask you to give them a revelation of the power of their worship, whether it be spoken or unspoken. Father, draw them to you and to illuminate their minds and enlighten the eyes of their understanding concerning their worship. And I give you all the praise and all the glory in the precious name of Jesus of Nazareth. Amen. I'd like to thank you for taking your time to listen to our podcast today. If you would like to contact us with your questions, your comments, or even your prayer request, you can do so at jodycoward59 at gmail.com. That's J-O-D-Y-C-O-W-A-R-D-5-9 at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Until next time, remember, we overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimonies. 